The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Now, bring me that gutting and drink up me hearties. Yo-ho. Hey, everybody. Kevin Goatee's here. So, wow, it's that time. It's time for another fantastic episode. And our old pal, David the Producer, returns. His batting average of picking great movies continues as he chooses the comedy classic Stripes. Who is sitting in the guest chair? Well, it's his wife, Juliet Miranda. Before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow.com. Grab a shirt, grab a mug, grab a hat, grab yourself, whatever. And of course, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us or just to say hello. Well, let's get to it and see if uh, David the producer can redeem himself after Back to the Future in Stripes. Gather round, here's what I know. What's that sign say? No bare feet. What's that sign say? No fighting. What's it mean? No fighting. You owe me one gumball machine. Julia Miranda, name that film. Gosh. um, I know it, too. It must be Caddyshack. Oh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. Please don't tell. Please don't run it and tell me you Googled that. No, no, <laughs> not, not at all. I just remember the scene. Yes, finally, unlike my former co-host who barely got movie quotes, Julia gets it right. Good job. <laughs> I get a drink. Yeah, well, we'll all drink. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. Two of my favorite people from the podcast are on at the same time because they're husband and wife. David, the producer, and Julia Miranda are going to be respectfully gutter and co-host tonight. How cool is that, kids? How are my favorite people from New Orleans doing tonight? Doing awesome. We missed you guys. Glad you could join us. And this is how Dave and I become so close in these past three years of this. Text me on the blue. Buddy, I got to tell you, I have a film to gut, and it is Stripes. And I said, see you in two weeks. Let's do it. <laughs> it didn't take very much to convince you. You are one per. I tell you, every single time you jump on, either I hit you up or you hit me up, it is never a back and forth for trying to figure out a film. It is always one and done because your choices are... 
perfect every time it's like yep nope i love it great great call as i said david has chosen stripes 1981 a budget at that time of 10 million bucks box office hall 85.3 million turn that into 2022 money 32.4 million dollar budget 276.7 million dollars that's that's a hell of an ROI. That's a nine-timer, pretty much. IMDb, as we know, folks, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Juliet, actually, Dave, you're the first up on this. What do you think IMDb has for stripes? I'm going to give it a solid eight. Okay, David. I'll go a little higher than that. I think that's 8.3. I'll do the Price is Right model here. Both of you are very wrong. 6.8. What? what? That's right. awesome. Build, <laughs> builds my case. I was just going to say, helping you make your points. Critics Rotten Tomatoes, as we know, 1 through 100 is the uh, scale. David, you go first this time. Critics Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, I'm going to go, oof, they're probably going to be a little bit more brutal on this. I'm going to say 75. Juliet. Mm, no, I think it's going to be higher. People love this movie. I'm going 83. 88 critic score. That's high. David, the producer, what did the audience give Stripes? 101. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll say uh, I got to give this one a high one. I got to say 90. Juliet? Yeah, I'm thinking right around there. So I'll go one up and do 91. 79. 79? This is all ass backwards for me, too. I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised the critic score was higher than the audience score. That's flummoxing. Quotes, son of beach, sheets. (laughs) You you took my first one. (laughs) Oh, that's the obvious one, pal. I'll probably take the second one for me, too. You look like a typical lowlife to me. And, of course, the obvious, too. Any of you homos touch my stuff, and I'll kill you. <laughs> kill you. Are either of you homosexuals? You mean flaming? Well, we're willing to learn. <laughs> David, the producer, what quotes do you have? I'm just going to give you one because okay. it kind of defines the movie, and it's with Sergeant Holka when he says, and he falls off the stand, goes, eh, eh, eh. that sums up this movie. You do that way too well, my love. Oh, sounds like passionate lovemaking sound effects are taped from the uh, the producers home, home in New Orleans. Juliet, what do you have? I have two. And my favorite one is it's Czechoslovakia. It's like going to Wisconsin. <laughs> and the other one, which is just so perfect. Did you ever see a monk get wildly fucked by some teenage girls? I've been to Czechoslovakia, Prague to be specific, and I have to imagine it's much better than Wisconsin. So I'll I hope so. Yeah, you know, I will add beautiful. A, I'll add another one just because it's so well, at least it used to be, you know, quoted as part of the movie going population who had watched this turd. Uh, <laughs> and that would be Lighten Up Francis. Yeah, I forgot that one. That's another obvious one. By the way, it's good to see David, the producer, with all of his skin intact and no wounds or scars after that beating he took in the Back to the Future episode. Because, boy, did the fans give you the goddamn business on that, as I predicted, as we predicted. I totally predicted it. I knew (laughs) that uh, the time travel thing would be a hard sell. (laughs) Yeah. 
But uh, hey, you know what? You can't win them all. But this one, smooth sailing. Uh, We'll see about that. Five fun facts. 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 With the knowledge that the studio didn't want him and more comfortable with writing at that point than acting, Harold Ramis was reluctant to play Russell. He even had Dennis Quaid, who was PJ Soul, the blonde girl. Uh, her, uh, she was married to Dennis Quaid at the time. Read for his part. Bill Murray stepped in and said that he only wanted to work with Ramis. Mm-hmm. What a big mistake. Let's talk about the second mistake. Army recruitment numbers went up after the movie by 10%. Because everyone thought it was easy. Yeah. Hulka, number three. Hulka was supposed to die in this film. The fall from the high platform was meant to be fatal. The character and actor were too well liked for that part of the script to not change. Well, that's interesting. Nine minute acid scene, nine minute acid trip scene was shot but cut out of this film. Well, that's so, a bummer. I would have enjoyed that. Nine minutes of an acid trip? Oh, yeah. That would have put this film in an hour and 54 minutes for a comedy that is an eternity. Yeah, especially for an 80s comedy. Oh, yeah. It's, they were 90 minutes. I should say nine, 90 to 100, and that's Ghostbusters is 100, I think. Number five, uh, Ivan Reitman told John Larroquette to improvise stuff what to say while looking at naked women in the shower. He came up with, I wish it was a loofah. After Reitman yelled cut, he asked the actor, what is a loofah? <laughs> Oh, the, uh, and I forgot to add this. The uh, acid trip scene part. John and Russell took LSD and went on a mission to fight rebels in the Colombian jungle. Reitman didn't think it fit with the tone of the rest of the movie. Oh, like all right. the rest of it did? <laughs> Sing. Okay, now it's time for the audience to sink their teeth into you folks and find out what their thoughts are and ask a gutter. Ask a gutter. Gotta ask a gutter. Taco Shirt Krill and one of our loyal ones. Good luck with Stripes. I've never seen it. But what's your favorite Bill Murray movie? My favorite is probably Ghostbuster. You and Kevin Israel are simpatico on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it was a solid movie. And it was obviously after this one where I think that uh, they finally got it right with the chemistry with Ramos and uh, Ramos. Murray. He's not Hispanic. Ramos. Yeah. Uh, Ramos. Sorry. Yeah. Ramos. Does he, does he turn a mean double play for the Cubs? Is that how you guys know him? <laughs> it's Geraldo Ramos. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't this movie come after Caddyshack, though? Yes, by one year. Yeah. Hey, Caddyshack is 80. was before it. 79. Okay. That's right. Look at you guys. Uh, Juliet, your favorite Bill Murray movie. Well, I love Caddyshack. I think it's awesome. I also have affection for Groundhog Day. Okay. And I know it's probably not as most popular, but I just get a kick out of that movie and that goofy little groundhog. I obviously am going to co-sign with Juliet and the Caddyshack. I rewatched Groundhog Day in a plane two months ago. It's not good. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. It's just at all like snuggly midwestern just eh. 
I, I, I have to, I didn't take notes on it, obviously. I just didn't like it. I did not like it. I would say Scrooge is up there too. Scrooge, Ghostbusters. He's great in Ghostbusters, although Ghostbusters, I loved it as a kid. It was my favorite movie as a kid, but as an adult, you're like, oh boy, there are flaws. Uh, okay. So that's by Taco Shirt Krill. And the next one is by. Uh, at, at Brandon Oglesby, Newark Knight, he wants to know, what is it with Behind the Rant in classic 80s movies? He got an agenda. Okay, real question. Stripes, Major Pain, Good Morning Vietnam. Which is better? You know, I hate them all. Major <laughs> Pain is just painful. Uh, you, you've seen that one with Damon Wayans, right? I have not seen it, but I know about Oof, it. It's, it's hard to watch. It's even worse than Stripes. Ooh. And the over-the-top acting in um, Good Morning Vietnam is as bad as anything. So none of them win. They all suck. I wouldn't choose one of them. I only remember from Good Morning Vietnam him screaming Good Morning Vietnam in the microphone. And I don't remember anything else about it except being under. Maybe I think I was underwhelmed, but I don't remember. I couldn't tell you one other scene from that film about that at all. Well, yeah, you know what? I, I will boy. choose that one only because it has a fluid script. It has a real story front to back where the other two, not so much. Juliet, you want to make a, a pick of those three? <sighs> you know, I don't really like any of them. I'm just going to toss them all out and say Private Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Private Benjamin. I, I, it does not hold up. It's not a great movie, but it is better than all of those. Plus, Goldie Hawn is just adorable. I would have said, you give me a choice. If I had to watch an army movie, is that what we're going to base this on? I can watch the first half of Full Metal Jacket, or I can watch Platoon, or I can watch Apocalypse Now. Any of those three will just suffice. But the first half of Full Metal Jacket, by far the most entertaining by a country mile. Then after yes. he, after the private kill, it gets killed with the, the gunnery sergeant Hartman, it is a slog and uh, clicking the channel up. Next one. Uh, oh, the something something boys, the guys who do our artwork. Behind the rant, better co- choreography. Stripes or drumline? Drumline. Easily. <laughs> I think it, it's such a farce with, yeah. with what they do in Stripes. And right. we'll get to the, why that's a complete issue with the movie. At Eric4953, who is your big toe? <laughs> I, didn't I knew that, that was one. coming. I knew that was coming, Juliet. <laughs> Who is my big toe? I have to say Juliet or the big toe will be ended up stuck up my ass. Yeah, exactly. I'll hit you with a frying pan again. I, I'm going to say the big toe of bourbon. <laughs> that would be the big gangly toe. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Next one. Uh, or is that it? That is it. That is it for Ask a Gutter. So, folks, I ask you first, have you written a five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review on this fine podcast? If not, why the hell not? Please go to your podcast platform of choice and give us that five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review, and tell your friend about us because, shit, we deserve it. Juliet, please help me in welcoming David do what he came here to do, and he is just all bourboned up ready to do, and that is, of course, God. <laughs> what? The, the Sacred... Why is it all my guest hosts nailed that the first time, but fucking Kevin Israel and I, 142 episodes, barely got it together. 
All the guest hosts are right on on pace every time. <laughs> I love you, Israel, but man, that was the one thing we had to work on. All right. He, he is the timing of a New Jersey comedian. Hey, oh, <laughs> I kid. Matter of fact, I just got a text from him. He wants me to come on his new podcast, Gutting the Sacred Goat. So hey, oh, thinking about doing that. Look at that. <laughs> such a joy. You're a daisy, as Val Kilmert said in, in Tombstone. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. All right. So there's a couple of the themes I'm going to talk about here and why I hate this movie. And it's Bill Murray's lazy performance. Harold uh, Ramos, not Ramos, to be confused with, his bad acting, the jokes that don't land, and a shitty third act. It's pretty simple why this movie is no good. It's established early on that Bill Murray's character, which is John Winger, which, by the way, when I rewatched this, I didn't even remember what his character's name was. That's how little I cared about him. Did you remember his name? No. Yeah. Either did I. I don't think anyone remembers his name, but everyone knows this movie. You couldn't say John Winger to save your soul. But he's nothing more than a man child as part of this movie. And there's no real progression to it either. So early on, he's quippy, but not really funny. And as it progresses, you, you notice that actually the quips become a little meaner. And he becomes more distant with his actual lines. And he just comes off as kind of a douchebag as he rolls through this movie. And, of course, in typical Bill Murray fashion, it's Bill Murray playing Bill Murray. It happens in almost every single movie that he did early on. That changed over time. You know, when he got to be, I'd say, after Ghostbusters, when he started doing some indie movies and I will give him a lot of credit for like, even his cameo on zombie land. That was actually kind of, you know, pretty great. Yeah, it was love that part. Yeah. But you know, early on Bill Murray, Bill Murray playing Bill Murray, except for Caddyshack, which he did actually play a real character, but okay. So he's just quippy, not funny. I'll even throw in King. I'll even throw in, I'll, I'll even throw in Kingpin as there as well. He played uh, Ernie McCracken. Oh, was, was a much better. Call. Yeah. Love, love him in Kingpin. You know what? He rocks the cameos. Killed him. Any, any cameo that that guy does, I think he's done really great at because mm-hmm. he can just like own a role. And, and that role was great for him in Kingpin. But okay, now where Bill Murray and his character, John Winger, where it all falls apart for me is really early on, because how does the oldest man in the movie even able to join the army? I mean, how old was he when he did this movie? 35, 37? Uh, I don't even know. But they say, they say, because they allude to it for a second, which I'll make fun of in my notes, that he's, I think they said, we're in our late 20s and we're trying to bang teenagers, something like that. Late 20s? Oof. <laughs> That's a stretch. Those are some <laughs> city miles. 30. Oh, yeah. Any of the close ups, it looks like, you know, someone set his face on fire and put it out with a pickaxe. <laughs> Lord. And here's another unbelievable part. And I know comedies, you, you should have some level of, you know, forgetting about some of the smaller details. But why in the hell does Harold Ramis join the army with him? He didn't lose his job. He didn't lose his girlfriend. He didn't even lose a fucking pizza. So, but somehow <laughs> it's funny for him to be singing do up, diddy, diddy, dum, diddy, do in a class and thinking that he just has a bad job. By it the way, Bill, Bill Murray was 29 when he did Stripes. 29. Wow. He looks so much older. 
Ready for this? As a quick aside, we just did The Exorcist a couple weeks ago. Do you know that Max von Sydow, the priest in The Exorcist, is the same age as I am right now when he did that film? He was 45! He looked 72. Ancient. Ancient. Oh, my God. How old was he when he was Ming the Merciless? He had to have been a baby. At... Well, that well, that was in 1980, Flash Gordon. So, add exercise was what 70. Oh my God! Yeah, so he's yeah. older then. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Oh my God! Sorry for the tangent. Go ahead, sir. No, that's all right. So, with Harold Ramis, the one thing I noticed in this movie is that his acting chops were awful. Anytime you do a side by side scene, and I use the one where they're kind of talking about themselves in uh, boot camp where they're all sitting around the circle and, you know, it's a, Hey, Lee Harvey, you're a crazy man or whatever. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, in that scene, watch Harold Ramis's just facial movements as Ox or John Candy's telling his story. And you could see him mouthing the lines. <laughs> That's how bad he is in this movie. Not an actor. I mean, he's, from what I understand, he's, you know, obviously a decent comedic writer. He did not. He didn't write this, did he? Who has the writing credits? Harold Ramis has some. He's uh, yeah, he has to. I'll, I'll look it up right now. But I, I got to think that he's. Uh, yeah, because he wrote most of the movies that he's actually been in. So I would imagine that he had some. He He did write this. He did write it. Ivan Reitman directed, obviously. But yeah, he wrote. He co-wrote this. Yeah. So we'll get to Ivan Reitman in a bit because I got some issues with him, too. But uh, so Bill Murray then goes AWOL, obviously. Right. And this is where they meet up with the uh, two MP girls for the second time because they saw him at the bus station the first time. This is where I get to introduce my first. That does not happen. Yes. Segment, which is the girls didn't arrest him. Instead, they just brought him back to the barracks. Because they're nice women. No, that doesn't happen. Nope. And then you go almost directly to the mud wrestling club scene. And I'm not going to get preachy here with the nudity and stuff like that. All 80s movies had nudity. And I'm great with that. Matter of fact, it was one of the reasons why I loved this movie when I was 10. And I don't, you know, now it's just it looks a little goofy. But John Candy gets in the ring. It's nothing more than a bad three stooges moment because you see him actually emulate curly in the ring yeah and that's like a highlight of it and you go oh that's so not funny there's nothing funny about it and then he steals their tops you know to like triumphant music and the cops of course bust it the mps come back uh and they save the day for obviously you know the two main characters not only do they arrest them though they take him back to my second. That doesn't happen. And that's they take him back and they fuck them. Yeah. They're closers. No. <laughs> no. no, no, especially when you look at Bill Murray, PJ souls, I can see how she would think that he was kind of cute, kind of funny, kind of, you know, a little quirky. And that worked out. But Harold Ramis. There's no way he's banging Sean Young. I don't care in what scenario in any script, that's not going to happen ever, ever, ever. And the other part of the movie that really bothered me was the underdog speech. 
And here's why I, I know every movie has to have its pivot point and why it's got to transition into another thing. But this is why it doesn't work for me is that all of those guys, they hated his character, John from jump street, right? Right. He was the sarcastic guy. They were made to run extra miles because of him. They had to do KP duty because of him. Why in the, ha- it's basically, why would they put him on, uh, you know, any kind of list to listen to, right? It's like, ah, go fuck that guy. I'm not going to listen to what he says. There's no way they would jump behind him and that speech. And that's just poor writing. Right. right. And I'd have to, well, I have to argue that the funniest person in the movie, at least that I found, was John Larroquette. And I know people will argue with me about that, but he's got some hysterically funny lines that from what I understand, a lot of more improv. You mentioned early on one of the improv lines that he did. A lot of his were improv. He was and he's also just, drunk. <laughs> yes, he was. Well, I heard that as well. But he's walking away after he was just a little bit ridiculed up front by Hulka and he trips over somebody. He goes, have that removed. <laughs> that, that just cracked me up and it will always crack me up. And when he goes to find the RV and it's missing, he's like, where the fuck's my truck? (laughs) And he just keeps repeating that line. That's actually funny the way he reacts to it. He's arguably the funniest guy in the movie. So my biggest problem with this, except for, and I said that I would talk about the jokes that don't land. What I found when I watched this two weeks ago, and then I rewatched it again last night, I've actually watched it twice Since committing to you, that's how messed up I am. That the first time that I watched it, I didn't laugh more than maybe twice during the movie. And the last time I watched it, I laughed less than that. Only at the one John Lurkett line. That was it. The jokes just don't land. There's there's nothing in there for me at all. Now, 10-year-old me, I loved the movie. I thought it was kick-ass. I thought it was funny, irreverent. Uh, it was something different, but now watching it as a, you know, full blown adult, what drives me crazy more than anything other than the jokes is the damn third act. I mean, I don't understand how they went and how painfully bad and out of place with no payoff that third act is. They could have ended the movie after, you know, their boot camp because he actually got redemption at the end right. of the boot camp. That that could have been it. And again, this was almost a two hour movie. They could have shortened this easily to 90 minutes and cut out that third act. Because what is the sense of them going there? Because they try to make him a hero at the end when he's not a hero because he created the issue that made him a hero. Right. So if everyone knew the full story. He stole the RV. They went there. They went to go look for him. And now they got to go rescue him. That's not a hero's welcome. There's my argument. This movie sucks. Two out of ten at best. Woo! Oh, now, now to use your own segment idea against you, make this film better. Cut out the third act. Tighten it up and tighten up the jokes. Make it more jokey. Make it, make it less about... Um, Well, there's two things. Make it less about Bill Murray just throwing out just 
old lines or throwing out lines in the movie that he created when he's not a good writer. As a matter of fact, I'll even say he's not a writer at all. I don't think he's written any movies that I'm aware of or written any comedy. So I'm not aware of any either. Yeah. Do you think so, it would be better if it wasn't improvised? I mean, the majority of this movie does feel improvised. And, and it is. I think a lot of it is. Uh, I don't know about John Candy's parts or some of the other characters. I'm sure that they were given some guidance. I'd like to see the original screenplay to or script to see what it ended up looking like. But I tell you, they needed to punch up those jokes and get rid of the third act. Simple enough. So two out of 10. Juliet, why don't you follow up your husband's diatribe with your own opinions? All right. Well, I want to start by quoting Roger Ebert and part of his review when he did this movie back in 1981. She's going to totally screw me, by the way. Watch this. She does this on purpose. You love me. (laughs) He opens up the review by saying Stripes is a celebration of all that is irreverent, reckless, foolhardy, undisciplined and occasionally scatological. I think that sums up the whole goddamn movie perfectly. I mean, this movie is it's made for 10 year old boys who are also three Stooges fans. It's like you said, the dialogue is absolutely stupid. It has very little point to it. It doesn't really do a whole lot to advance the plot. Um, You know, it is a little hit or miss, especially watching it now where, like you said, the jokes don't especially land. And I'll tell you what you didn't entirely bring out was that whole mud wrestling scene, which has nothing to do with anything in the movie. It's just a bunch of these dumb military dudes going to a quasi strip club and John Candy falling in a pit of mud. But here's what I find really kind of fascinating about all that is that. All of these 80s movies, especially the really early ones, are based on that whole sex romp premise. I mean, you look at something like Porky's, which is just, you know, goofy girls getting, you know, their tops pulled off. And I think it's fascinating that the two lead women in this movie, PJ Souls and uh, Sean Sean Young, Young, Young. they never actually get naked. I mean, we know that they're fucking, but they're not getting naked. Uh, And in the end, that was a miss. I would have liked to have seen PJ Souls topless. She's got a great rap, but <laughs> she sure does. She was in Halloween and got uh, yes, one of those who got exactly. killed. Exactly. I find it fascinating that the two women in this movie are actually kind of smarter than the two lead men. They have they're better suited, I think, to their roles because I really don't believe Bill Murray and Harold Ramis in a military movie, especially Harold Ramis being the pacifist that he was back then. It just, I I think half of his jokes were meant to kind of condemn the Vietnam War, so that's probably why a lot of them didn't land uh, because I don't think he liked being in the military and I don't think Bill Murray liked being in the military either, so the whole movie feels a little forced. But that being said, you know, you need this movie to make movies like Ghostbusters happen. You know, you you need to have them kind of flexing their chops and getting together and working this shit out so that they know how to make a better movie. You kind of have to watch it on the curve. I don't want to watch a movie as a, you know, starter kit. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know that then. (laughs) Yeah, listen, we also have VHS. Give me to the Blu-ray part already. Let's go. Mm. (laughs) 
So well, I don't know. I, I just, I, Bill Murray's a man child, yes. And Harold Ramis is kind of a goofball. But I'll tell you, I had a raging crush on both of them when I was a kid. I would have done them. But now that you're an adult, what do you think? Mm, no, Bill Murray is too old and Harold Ramis is too dead. Oh. <laughs> I, well, okay. That, I, I, I didn't set the proper constraints for that, uh, constraints for that uh, re- reference, so shame on me. I, I will say one thing that I thought that was done really well in this movie, and I don't think people have either notice it or appreciate it, and that's Elmer Bernstein, you know, did the score for the movie. And it's so recognizable, you know, dun, 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 you know, when they're doing all the stuff, uh, when there's the slower times, you, you know, do you know why it's so recognizable? Do you know why, why? it's so recognizable? Cause the same fucking song they use in the end of animal house. No. Yes. I didn't recognize when they, that. when they, oh, I, well, I get to in a minute when they do the, where are they now? It's yeah. the same music. <laughs> okay, that's I did kind of not recognize that. That I did. Bullshit. That's called reuse. Well, and Ivan Reitman totally abuses that whole like, you know, montage of magazine covers, you know, to follow up a story to get it to its conclusion. He does it in Animal House. He does it in this. He does it in Ghostbusters too to advance the story. I mean, that is just the laziest goddamn storytelling ever. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, keep on going, kid sister. <laughs> I don't know. This movie just it, it infuriates me, but it also makes me all warm and fuzzy. So I don't even know what to do with this. I'll jump off your point. This for sounds the like montage. a sex toy for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Sibian of movies for her. <laughs> you guys have bring this to your next trip to Disney when you break another bed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good callback. How do you how do you not remember someone saying that like, like I broke a bed? All right, that's whatever. In Disney we're like, God damn. That's that's that what that's what makes the best one of the best stories you could uh, have for fucking. You know what? I do have to add something onto her little uh, piece there and I don't mean little and condescending. Uh but your piece on uh, montages is that 80s movies, we all know they had montages, and we all now, I think, appreciate the fact that movies don't have montages because they sucked in the 80s. But the one that they did between uh, John Winger just saying something sarcastic and then him doing push-ups, saying something sarcastic again, doing more push-ups, and it went back and forth like three, four, five times, and you're like, all right, we get it already. He's an idiot. 
And you never see any physical transformation in these guys. They've gone through, I'm assuming, several <laughs> weeks of boot camp. They're still fat. They're still doughy. And Harold Ramis and Bill Murray never actually get official military haircuts. Oh! <laughs> yeah, they get like a number six on the sides. Nothing. <laughs> There's no number one or number two being dragged across their scalps. No, ma'am. <laughs> Fuck, you took my point. Good, good one. Good for you. All right, Kevin, it's your turn. Well, folks, these notes, of course, brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. If you wish to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And listen, subscribe to us on YouTube. Most of you are watching us here anyway. So subscribe, tell your friends, share the good word. Notes. The old lady telling Bill Murray that he's a lowlife. There are two people in this world I don't tell them to go fuck themselves. Waiters and cabbies, because they can make you sick or very late. <laughs> And uh, this humble opinion from this humble podcaster, no better way to be greeted by a woman than wearing nothing but a button-down shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Titties <laughs> out. Let's party. Let's or a party. single T-shirt. Wow. You know what's up. <laughs> Firing a basketball through a window is always funny. Even funnier was them throwing it through the other window. <laughs> so they're in there. Go ahead, David. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, sight gag. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. They look good. They they serve purposes once in a while. So they're in their late twenties while not looking a day over thirty eight and wanting to bang teenagers. The eighties were such a blissfully simpler time. Mm-hmm. Hey, look! It's Billy Rosewood from Beverly Hills Cop and Sean Young pre coke and nervous breakdown. <laughs> None of these characters are grabbing me yet, except for Francis. How is no one giving him more lines with this insane, you know, hell bent? I want to kill everybody mentality. There's no, there's no discovering of the origin why he feels that way. Why I want to know more about Francis. And uh, I'm going to go on the record and say this, and no one will ever be able to dispute this without sounding completely stupid. There is no one in the history of mankind who has a better laugh than John Candy. No one. Hmm. I got to go with you on that one. It's so goddamn infectious. Mm-hmm. We've seen that bumbling commanding officer routine a million times. Lara Kett's role has been done to death. And the Sergeant Bilko did it after that. But Sergeant Bilko, well, funnier. <laughs> 38 minutes in, I've laughed exactly four times. How is Bill Murray, one of the greatest comedic actors of all time, falling behind Francis, a tertiary character? Yep. I disagree with you, David, the producer. Montages are still great, especially shopping montages in the 80s. Those always get a bonus point out of me. Two points if they play Kuchina in the Waves walking on sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to literally, you know, get a rope and a chair when I see those. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> They're I so great. Those. I do, too. The greatest one is in Night of the Comet. That's the best shopping montage ever. Never saw that film. Oh. This this film is yet another reminder that gratuitous gratuitous nudity is sorely missed like ecto-cooler juice boxes. This film also reminds you that the 80s taught young boys it's okay to spy on women in showers or changing with an open window, a la this film, Back to the Future, Porky's, and Private School. So many people did it. These are some of the most basic of jokes. How are people latching onto this as a classic still is mind boggling. 
There has never been an Armed Forces movie where I felt the slightest inkling to enlist. The closest one was Top Gun. But then I bat out because I realized you have to memorize shitty songs like Great Balls of Fire on the piano to land women. And you have to play volleyball without a shirt. In jeans. Wearing <laughs> jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Except Anthony Edwards, who must have had bitch tits because he's the only guy wearing a shirt in that scene. Oh, yeah. Must have had the uh, the old man cover nipples. Mud wrestling makes me wish I was 21 in the 80s. <laughs> Ripping off bikini tops in the 80s were just classified as a gay old time. Current times would have you brought up on charges on the front page of the New York Times and his house burned to the ground by noon. <laughs> How different times are. I'm just not buying two female military police falling for two fuck-ups without any real interaction that has attracted them to Murray and Ramos. Ramos, I just now just copied you, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> military police, not known for their lenient tendencies, are just like, all right, go ahead. All right, go ahead again. All right, let's go to the general's house and fuck. No, David, the producer, you stole my that doesn't happen. Oh, it's it's so true. And it's so sad because those characters could have done so much more in that movie. I think they could have busted his, their balls and been more fun about it. It's just absolutely have, have a female Sergeant Hulka Hulkas, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> is the graduation ceremony that funny? No, it is not. The singing a carefree song with a few cutie pie moves is not going to elevate this to classic status. You feel nothing for Harold Ramis as a character. Maybe a little bit for Bill Murray. A lot of undeserved love. John Candy does not get much to work with except for the mud wrestling scene. But then he is forced from the script to get into nonsensical fights with the black guy. Why? Where? Where is that coming from? Why is he getting mad at the black guy? Like, Where is this anger coming from? If you would have said he's a racist, okay, I could buy that and then go ahead. But there's no reason he's snapping at the black guys and just giving him shit. No, he showed no hatred at all in that movie. And it was so out of character. Francis is the most intriguing character by far, who is never given any real chances to shine, except for the first two scenes that he's in where they sit down and he's introduced and all that good stuff. Two military police, again, who are known hard asses, just willy nilly get into a top secret vehicle with two fuck sticks to go for a joyride. That doesn't (laughs) Does not happen. Yeah. Hey, let's steal Kit from Knight Rider. We're going to joyride across the country with Sergeant Hulka too while we're at it. Or Gunnery Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal Jacket. Maybe you'll give me a handy on the way. Michael, you're going above the speed limit. Can't care about the blow load. <laughs> I have paused this movie several times to get and walk around. Why is a comedy that's only an hour and 45 dragging this hard? Ask people who swear they love this movie to explain their favorite parts. It can't be more than the boot camp graduation scene, the Francis scenes, and the Son of Beach sheet scene. What other scenes make this a funny film? I implore you. People are getting mad today. They go, Stripes, how are they going after this? My wife likes Stripes. I go, go ahead, fine. Go ahead. Try and fight this off now. You can't. It's all nostalgia. As you said, Juliet, 10-year-old, you loved it. You too, David, loved it. We're going to get on. This Bill Bill Murray character is doing a bad impression of a funny Bill Murray character. (laughs) (laughs) So true. 
It's like he's watching Venkman and 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 uh uh uh. uh Carl Spackler from Caddyshack going, I've got my own takes on these two, and then just going right off the deep end on an acid trip and falling flat on his face. It's such basic fuckery that comprises the last 40 minutes. This should be a Disney film, not 70 minutes, and then, all right, I can listen to you argue here the, the merits of it. But those last 40 minutes, when they go all spies like us on us, by the way, another shitbox film oh, from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Rewatched that two Ooh. or three weeks ago. It is unwatchable. Yes. I'll go on a limb and say Sergeant Bilko had five times the jokes and charm as the same tale of army miscreants that this film has. Yep. And I got, and I this is where I kind of tip my hand. I got sick of that theme they recycled from Animal House that they played throughout the film. I'm shocked none of you got that. That was, you know, that's where you know Bluto's standing on the thing posing. Yes, you know, Senator John Butarski. Da 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 da. Now that you say it, it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. They even reuse the same ending from Animal House with the cheesy "Where are they now?" shit. Oh right. my god! Copy paste. Control V. Control P. <laughs> Ivan Reitman. That is some lazy ass screenwriting. This film is not quotable. For those of you who think this is quotable, I will give you a quotable film: Caddyshack. I'll give you another one: Naked Gun. I'll give you a third: Airplane. I'll yes. give you a fourth: Something About Mary. I'll give you a fifth. Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, that's six Dumb now. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, for sure. These are quotable films. This is where – we gave you a couple. Those are the standards. Okay. But comedies, if it's going to be the classic you say it is, should have 15 to 20 lines, and they should be ubiquitous. I could do yep. Caddyshack. 20, I could give you 25 lines of Caddyshack. Julia will pick up on – damn near all of them, if not all of them. And you'll know that's Caddyshack or Naked Gun. This does not have that. This film also suffers the same fate as the aforementioned uh, Full Metal Jacket and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where it dies a fast death after the first half. And classics don't die halfway through like this does. However, this film never takes off, unlike those other two films I just mentioned. It never takes off the ground. I never liked it when I saw it as a young guy. I never liked it as a teenager. I never understood the love for this. Again, I know comedies are subjective, but again, where are the jokes that if you're calling this a classic, you need to be able to rip off to me 10 to 15 lines that are going to go, that's, 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 oh man, that part is so funny. Or remember the scene when the whole part where they're in the general's house, the, the house and he's got the egg, be- the egg beaters and the ladle, whatever the hell it was he had. Was that funny? No. Not at all. And all the other It was scenes, charming at best. I don't even give it charming. I get eh. And she's laughing and playing along because you have to yes and go, wait, what? Cut. What the fuck is this, Bill? Put that shit down. This is not <laughs> deserved. Hulka plays a great straight man, but the other characters do not do it for me, especially Bill Murray. He's supposed to be the crown jewel, and he's right. not. He's the goddamn commode. Hulk, uh, sorry, I read that one. If you're going to have a, a a shitload of that doesn't happen, as David has aptly given us several, and I gave you a couple, the jokes better be worth it, and they're not. This, again, mind-boggling how people still cling to this and love it and go, I was on a podcast today. Like, what are you guys doing tonight? Oh, we're doing Stripes and we're doing Field of Dreams. What? Stripes is being attacked? And I go, did you watch Stripes in the last five to ten years? This film stinks. 
Three out of oh. three out of ten. <laughs> oh, you gave it one more than me. You know, I, I hate, give you a lot of credit for that. I hate this. I hate how people still blindly fly over the cliff in defense of this film without any merits. Like, even my wife yesterday goes, "How was it rewatch?" Let me guess. It goes after down that the graduation scene. I go, "I got news for you. It never was great before the graduation scene, save for right. a few couple of throwaway one liners, and that's it." Right. Now, it, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. ahead. No, I was no, just going to say that uh, the other thing that, and you just reminded me of this, is that with that third act, it's not even just that it's just such a weird disconnect and a cut and paste, which you're absolutely right. But how do you go from a, a comedy movie or supposed comedy movie to an action movie that has no comedy at all? Right. What, what's the sense of that? Redemption, which the redemption has no payoff. It was more of the, you know, what we did, you know, what we got to do, yeah. we got we to gotta write, we talk about that, the top secret tank and we have to have a play a role. You know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the, oh God, it's the, the Russian, I forget the, the gun where the gun is on the shelf. You have to use it fired by the third act. I forgot. I just forgot the name of the, yeah. the, the gun. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm talking about? We always talk about in the podcast. Israel loves that line. And that's what they did. They felt the need to have to have that tank do something. Otherwise there was no payoff whatsoever you know what and they use that that was the second time they used that gag they used it in the field where holka got you know hurt and then they used it in russia again the same gag at the end uh to uh, you know thwart the checks right checkoff's gun that's what i meant to say checkoff's yeah crazy now let's hear with those English-lit assholes who love to construct word soup and make them reviews have to say about this film. Critics, five-star reviews. 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 Reitman, Murray, and Ramis aren't even in the prime of their careers for Stripes, but you couldn't tell that from watching this film. Wrong. Two-thirds <laughs> of those guys did Caddyshack the year before. That is their prime. Right. Murray is completely democratic in this film. He taunts the strong and the weak alike. What does that mean? That means nothing. Was that, was that written by Bill Murray's mom? <laughs> yeah. No, it was written by Brian Doyle Murray, the caddy master of Caddyshack. <laughs> Nunzen, Anunzio, you're up. <laughs> odd or even. Odd or even. Odd. Oh, Your Honor, Your Honor. I can't accept that. I'll do, I'll do this all day. I'll do Caddyshack all day. <laughs> I know you will. Benefits immensely from being graded on a curve. It's no Ghostbusters, but it's no Police Academy either. Oof. At least Police Police Academy, a good movie. I rewatched it last week, and guess what? It's not. Except for the Blue Oyster scene, because those never miss in my book. (laughs) The first hour of Stripes is side-splittingly hilarious. I'll let that sink in. Yeah, that's 80s marketing. No, that is watching as a kid and just saying, I'm going to write this review from memory. Then he writes, or she, I don't know. Unfortunately, it fizzles a bit once Sergeant Oates, Warren Oates, Sergeant the Big Toe Hulka disappears. He doesn't really disappear. He's here and there, but not at the forefront like he was. But I get your point. An anarchic slob movie, a celebration of all that is irreverent, reckless, foolhardy, and undisciplined and occasionally scatological, it's a lot of fun. That's exactly what Roger E. because it's cut being pasted here. And yes. the word, and, and oh, by the way, folks, the soup of the day is word soup. And oh, yes, it's served cold and flavorless like that review. 
<laughs> Sorry, Roger Ebert. You and your jaw can rest in peace on that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> critics. Yeah. Critics, one star reviews. You know, you make me want to. Critics, once our reviews. Critics, once our reviews. And critics, once our reviews. Critics, once our reviews. The premise and star remain out of whack until the rambling, diffused screenplay finally struggles beyond basic training. Yeah. Is there anything worse when they have to incorporate themes and uh, of a film in their review? Like we, again, we just did Field of Dreams. They're putting like the baseball cliches, and they're like, "Stop it! We don't need to do that just to be cutesy yeah. poo and whimsical and, yeah. and charming and witty." No, no. Just tell me what was good and what was bad about the movie. I think I'm going to tee up one of your points you were about to make, David. Who called Ivan Reitman the king of comedy, and what drugs were they taking? <laughs> exactly. exactly. He's very he's very hit and miss for me. I should pull up his, his filmography. I mean, Animal Why House. That, that guy doesn't know how to end a movie. Animal House, great. Twins, I, I, I haven't seen that. Ooh. I haven't seen that in a long time. Billionaires. Um. He, what else did he? I'm pulling up right now. Okay, I, Ghostbusters, obviously, of course. Yeah. All right. I, mean, I would I'll, even argue that that ending with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, I, it didn't pay off for me, but I know a lot of people loved it. Or Gozer, that was a week. All right, Meatballs. Was, Meatballs was terrible. Stripes, yes. terrible. Ghostbusters. All right. Legal Eagles, not really. Oh, I never God. saw that. Never saw that. I Those, did. I, okay. Twins, I don't remember. Ghostbusters 2, terrible. Kindergarten Cop, good. Good? Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, get the kids off me. No, no, dude, no. I haven't seen it in a while. I I haven't seen it in a while. Dave never saw it. Junior never saw it. Father's Father's Day, never even heard of it. Six Days, Seven Nights, no idea. Terrible. Oh, it's Anne Heche and Harrison Ford. Oh, that's right. When they're stranded, the the, the, the plane goes down, right? Evolution, (laughs) bombed, never saw it. My Super Ex-Girlfriend, never saw it, no desire. No Strings Attached, I saw that in the theater. No thank you, it was not good. And Kevin Israel and I will defend this to the day is over. Draft Day, I love Draft Day. I love it. A ton of that doesn't happen with all the the very end, but throughout, goddamn, I, I like Draft Day. So I'll have to go back to that one. I haven't seen that one in a long time. It's another Kevin Costner film. It's, yeah. uh, it's So he's batting, in my book, and I guess it sounds like everybody else's, Less than 500. Yeah, I'd say thereabouts. He produced other ones. He produced the Baywatch movie, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. He produced. I don't don't know if you can count producing because that's just a money play. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He produced a few other good ones like (laughs) like Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Um, Private Parts, which is a good, of course, and up in the air. But yeah, you're right. We're we're only going to give the other ones. Yeah. Not the not the best track record in uh, in twenty twenty two. Looks like okay, and he's so beloved as a director. That's what's crazy. Yeah, those again. Well, there are some I mean, clunkers he's, he's kind of dead now, but you know. Well, his kid did get some stuff. He did Up in the Air, which is amazing. Ghostbusters, the new one, is not that great. No, uh, I don't remember what else he's done. I think it was Thank You for Smoking. That was good too. Mm-hmm. Okay, next. Oh, one. Thank You for Smoking was really good. It was good. I like that. Uh, next one. Am I the only person alive that realizes that this movie blows? Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill, I agree. I, hands, I, I, hands up in the room. Right here. Right here. Bill Murray is a standout nonetheless. He is, but not in this film. He's great in so many other films, but not this one. 
Yes. Trust me, it was a whole lot funnier when you were 10. Oh, perfect way to punctuate that one, that category. Next one, Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. A classic comedy is even better with the additional scenes meshed into the film. Bill Murray and Harold Ramis never fail to make me laugh, and seeing them together is all I need as a pick-me-up after a bad day at work. You know, I got to be honest. I didn't see the extra scenes. Uh, we didn't watch. I didn't do it either. Extended. That's that's our rule of the podcast. The no extended scenes, no director's cut. We did Apocalypse no. Now, and I said, "There's no way I'm sitting there through a 45 minutes of this. This director's cut only, and that's oh, sorry, regular cut only, and that's regular it. cut. Yeah, what everyone bought, paid for, and what everyone thinks is nostalgic. Yeah. Next one, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Another awesome movie from Bill Murray. Sorry, let me let me read let me read this right because this is this you're, you'll see why. Another awesome movie from Bill Murray. So I write, amazing how a comma can mess up the interpretation of a sentence. <laughs> Bill Murray at his best. It's even funnier if you're in the military. Great movie. Wrong. No. Guess who's about to get downgraded to private? This film. <laughs> Corporal act, right? Private, whatever. This was The Hangover before The Hangover. Classic guy comedy. Awesome. Awesome characters and cast. Awesome movie. By the way, The Hangover is also viciously overrated, but not near as bad as this film is. Also done its very podcast, The Hangover. Give that a listen. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews now. Amazon One Star Reviews, Amazon One Star Reviews, Amazon One Star Reviews now. We didn't like anything. The pornographic gratuitous gratuitous nudity was sleazy and offensive, and the acting was the worst I've ever seen. We threw the DVD in the garbage, and here's what Kevin Israel would say, Oh my! Clutch the pearls. Yeah. Oh my, imagine if they thought this was the worst. I'd like to introduce him to a little film called The Room. <laughs> Mostly the extended version was DOA. What was added was dribble and drowl. Drowl? That's not a word. Okay, no. D R O W L. That's what I thought. I'll ask the writer, and I'm pretty I think I'm pretty smart, but I'll I'll defer to the writer and she says no. I'm going with her. Bill Murray is pompous and immature in his sexual scene. How and why they do movies with him 40 years ago speaks only to the legend created in his mind. Bill Murray needs to grow up and act his age and to his limited acting skills. Boy, there's an incomplete sentence. And by the way, all these people seem to have a problem with the sexuality of it, which is not much in this movie compared to other 80s movies. Right. I'm going to say the titties in the shower seem like, all right, that's. Man. In 2022 lens, it's a big deal, whatever. I still miss it. Come on. Come, Come on, guys. It was good. I like that. You hear that, guys and girls? A lady saying she wants to see some titties. What does that mean? That means that we're all off base. Yeah. That's I love nice. Bill. I love Bill Murray, but his character was just insufferable in this movie. No character development and the meandering plot. Captions out of sync. Signed Stevie, <laughs> signed Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Come on, when you're blasting the captions, 
That's I, I, I love eighties movies, but I do not understand why um, why almost all of them had to take a turn for the absolute absolute ridiculous about three quarters of the way in. This movie was moving along just great, and then took a nosedive right after the basic training graduation. The movie could have ended there. I would have given it a hearty five stars for making me laugh. But then I watched what seemed like a whole other movie that was slapped on the end of this one: Bill Murray versus the entire Czech army, a uh, Russian army. <laughs> Was not funny, and even worse, was the cringeworthy in its attempt at non-PC humor. It's IT, apostrophe S. When are people going to realize possessives? Never. They're Mm. dumb. It's attempt at non-PC humor, even before the time. I didn't know that the Czech Republic looked like the back lot over at uh, Hollywood Studios. (laughs) It it wasn't, because it was filmed in Kentucky. I I dug that up on the old research. Was that Kentucky? Well, it listen, like Czechoslovakia. I'm sure the you know outskirts of. Uh, I'm sure anywhere in the country of Czechoslovakia and Kentucky could be the. What's the difference? Circle them. <laughs> Just language. Yeah. Reitman, Murray, Ramis, Candy. Sounds good, but this movie only has nostalgia on its side. It left me pining for these names. Other films. The jokes here are cheap. You see them coming from a mile away, and the plot turns are tired. The worst thing about a comedy is it can be boring, and this is boring. Not to mention there are many scenes involving topless women just for the sake of showing some skin. Totally out of place and adding to the insanity. This is the first movie review I've posted because I was so disappointed by this movie. Why do people keep recommending it? You know what? I will get. There's a lot of validity in that one. That's probably except the, the, except best for the nudity. One star. What's that? <laughs> except for the nudity part. They can go fuck themselves in the nudity. The rest of it's spot on. I uh, I'll stop you when you're lying. This is literally the worst movie I've ever seen. It's stupid men and the occasion the occasion stupid women. Absolutely no character development. I feel like the movie could have been been over, but dragged on and on and on. Signed, Donald Trump. <laughs> Julia, well, I, I don't think I don't think I got a score for you, by the way. What did you get this film? Oh, uh, God, it's so fucking hard because I agree with all of this. It, it's shitty. It's poor writing. And if anybody were to ask me, you know, what's the best Bill Murray movie? This certainly isn't going to be what I say. I'm going to have to give it a four. Two, three, four. We're all in sequential order. Excellent. Juliet Miranda, did your little sweet hubby, David the producer, gut the sacred cow? It kills me to say this because... (laughs) You want to give him a win, don't you? That's why. (sighs) I don't want to call it a comeback. Here's here's the thing, okay? (laughs) One, I have to sleep with him. But two... Yes. You say have to. I call that a treasure. (laughs) Yes. So... It actually made me rethink the way I look at this movie. And for that alone, I got to say, he did his job. He gutted. Uh, he I want to, I will give you credit for the gutting, but let's be honest. This cow had tuberculosis, AIDS, and hep A. And all you did, sir, was cough in its general direction and flick a booger in its nose, on its nose, in its nose, whatever. And then it keeled over. This thing was damn near a stillborn from Jump Street. So I'll give you the gu- I'll give you the gutting, but but it's amazing much. though how many people still love this movie. It, I it's, can't believe you're 100 percent right. People are like, it's a classic. I go, no, yeah. it's not. Never I was. was getting DMs from people saying 
Good fucking luck. It's stripes. You know, it's Bill Murray. You can't fuck with Bill Murray. Bill Murray's a god. Bill Murray is, you know, uh, the king yeah. of comedy. I, I, I've heard I would, all kinds of shit. I would Did they not see meatballs? meatballs? Ugh. I'd rather right. watch meatballs than this. Oh, my God. By the way, Meatballs, the first film a young uh, two-year-old Kevin Goatee was taken to in the drive-thru, drive-in with his parents. That's a fun. And I hated it then, too. Well, how ironic. No. <laughs> I, I hated the kid that played in Meatballs. He I, bothered I, me. I saw it once or twice. I go, this is shit. And I can't believe they made sequels. That's what really floors oh, me. Sequels are absurd. The original no. has a little bit of heart to it. I'll take yeah, it. A little I'll bit. over this any day. Yeah. All right. Plug time, being you both are pretty much on the same uh, plane, but whatever. Equal time for equal people. We'll start with our guest, David, the producer. David, what are you up to? Where can we find you? What are you doing? I'm plugging my new strip tease show here in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, I'm the producer of the Unreadable Rant so with, uh, of course, the host, Julia Miranda. And, you know, she's coming out with episodes like once a month right now because she's writing her book. So you can finish that off, Juliet. Yeah, yeah. I am writing a book and it's probably going to kill me. In the meantime, I do have the Unwritable Rant podcast. You can find the episodes on the unwritablerant.com or wherever you listen to your fine podcasts. And yes, they're, you know, a little infrequent, but they are still coming out and it's still fucking awesome. So listen. Yeah, listen. Uh, love to jump on that when you guys are doing that regularly again, when you guys have a few moments again, that's always fun to, to join on with you guys and hang out for an hour and have a cocktail. Guttingthesacredcow.com where you can find this fine podcast. Merch, get yourself some hats, some bags, a water bottle, cell phone holder, N95 asks, masks. Is it too late for those? Probably, but who cares? <laughs> Going to yeah, GTSC podcast on Twitter. And again, check us out on YouTube. We're on the joke community room in the metaverse. So when you're done beating off the VR porn, why don't you snap one over to us and look, check out an episode if you want to see this fine show in the VR world. And of course, Kevin Goatee for dates and all that fun stuff. You two are an absolute joy. That is why you are, again, in my heavy rotation of guests because you are that good and fun and entertaining. And the fans echo that sentiment. So thank you both again for joining me as host and gutter. Wow. Aw, smooches. Yeah, we love coming on here. You know that. And we've known each other for now, like you said, early on three years. And mm-hmm. it's always a blast just coming on the show and just effing up a movie. Oh, it Our sure favorite is. thing to do. Oh, besides breaking beds in Disney. Callback. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Goatsey saying thank you all and aloha. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.